What do the mob and sales organizations have in common? The great irony of life is this. We all want a life we love and more time with the ones we love, but our job, the very thing that's supposed to be the financial vehicle to provide that freedom is the very thing that chains us down. Do you think you have what it takes to rise above yourself? Are you ready to start transforming your dreams into reality? If so, I'm Cody Teal. Welcome to the Finding Freedom Podcast, a tribe of dreamers and doers, rebels and fighters that are here to prove to the world you can have your cake and eat it too. Welcome to the podcast today. Super excited because we had a good interview yesterday and I have another one planned for tomorrow. But today I wanted to do talk about a book. Now if I did like just a book review and I put that as the title, no one would read it because <laughs> book reviews are like boring. But I had a really good book I read and it really made me think about like organized crime and sales. And there's unfortunately lots of similarities and not good ones. And I'm not <laughs> But I just read a book, it's called, the title of it is, I'll Make You an Offer You Can't Refuse by Michael Francis. And uh, he was, a, a, according to the FBI, one of the highest mob earners since Al Capone. And uh, the book was very reflective and very good. And you should totally read it, I'll Make You an Offer You Can't Refuse by Michael Francis. But I wanted to relate that to sales, and I wanted to start with a personal story before I go in kind of into the book and how that relates to, to the topic at hand. Now, I grew up in a small town in Idaho, and the mob or gangs or whatever was a far distant uh, story, even like a legend, because you don't have that in small little Idaho farm towns. Uh, you just, just didn't exist, you know? So I didn't even like have a clue of what it would be like, or, or I, I really honestly, like I grew up in a pretty awesome environment in the sense that I, there wasn't like, I thought people were inherently, not that we didn't have a rough childhood and there weren't mean people, but I guess like my family life was very much, we gave people the benefit of the doubt and servant leadership was a very important thing where my my nuclear family and, and church life were and the reality of the world has hit me in the face a couple times and I'm grateful for those lessons. It would have been nice coming into certain situations eyes wide open, but hopefully I can the topic today can help you see some of those or if you're part of those, help you repent and change your ways. Uh, but the my first like real experience I had with organized crime was... I'm not going to actually mention a time period because this is still an active organized crime unit and I, or organized crime um, organization, <laughs> syndicate, whatever you want to call it, mob. And uh, they're very careful about who says what about them. So I'm not going to actually name any names or time periods or anything um, just to protect certain people and organizations and myself, frankly. And I, like, I know that sounds like paranoid, um, but let me tell you a story. So I was working at a certain company and our competitors had ties to organized crime. And it was, I, I like at first I thought it was a joke because uh, I, again, I told you I'd never grown up around that. I went to like a very uh, religious private education and that just didn't exist in my world. Not that it wasn't maybe there, but it just didn't even cross my path. And I remember a few of my colleagues saying like, never say anything bad about this company. And I was like, why? Like, cause they're associated with, you know, organized crime. I thought BS, whatever. Um, but 
it turns out like there is actual, there was actually legit. Um, and the way a lot of organized crime works is they have legitimate businesses that actually do business. Um, but help that, but to help get an edge, they'll like cut corners or like have like certain territories. And what would happen is, is they would, okay, this is a real story. So, um, they would go up against competitive bids in the same marketplace. And sometimes they would win, sometimes we would win, whatever, you know, but if someone crossed them in like a wrong way, they would get back. And so there was actually this one salesperson that was new. And this is the reason they told me about this and they told others is they, you know, one time they baited him, this, this other company baited him into saying something bad about them. So, um, they called and they were asking, Hey, well, I got another set of bid from this and this and this, this company. And he said, well, don't go with that company. Cause they yada, yada, yada. And then a few weeks go by, nothing to think of. Same sales rep gets a call and says, hey, I'd like to get a quote for my home. So he goes out of the home. It's an empty lot. And these guys, this is a true story. They jump out of the car and they beat the heck out of him. And he's in the hospital for two weeks. Like not just like beat up and makes him feel bad, a couple of bruises, like in the hospital for two weeks. And, uh, and it turns out like if they, we had certain territories we couldn't, couldn't go to if we like got a home in that territory. And sometimes you don't know what these are. You don't know where the boundaries are. Um, there would be like vandalism to our, to our company property. Um, if we were doing like a job on the site and stuff, it was nuts. Um, and there was like competition between like who got what employees and, and it was like crazy. So we always have to like be careful not to like do anything stupid. Not that we couldn't have like competitive competition in the marketplace, but you have to be very careful on certain, um, etiquette and, and business etiquette and, and, what you said and didn't say about certain companies. And I was shocked. And I like live saw the damage and met these people that had like really crossed this. And, uh, it was like a huge learning experience for me. And I got out of sales or that sales in that like organization did something else. And it's not that I've ever seen in the current organizations I work for. I haven't seen organized crime blatantly, but it's surprising the amount uh, it I'll, I'll dive in. So basically this guy, Michael Francis, the back to the book and you'll see where I relate in a second, but he talks about how he as a um, mob guy would earn money. And so what would happen is, is he wouldn't go out and like search for these businesses. He would like people, business owners would literally approach him and come with like propositions. Like they'd find out ways to cut corners or they'd need certain protections from other like competitors. That way that business could get an edge on its competition. And one his example he uses, there was a gas company that found out a way to defraud the government out of gas tax and get a cheaper rate on gas. And he said, oh, wow, we can do this and we'll help you with it. And because uh, we have the manpower and the capital to be able to like deploy this scheme. And they deploy the scheme and he made millions, a multi-million dollar um, company or, or whatever organization out of this gas tax uh, scheme. And they would do this with all sorts of other things too. Like one thing he talks about is like how people get in like, so company owners would get in gambling debts and they would be in over their head and they couldn't get out of it. And so they'd go to the mob to help pay for these debts. And uh, they oftentimes the handover businesses or profits in businesses. And it was, it was just crazy. And uh, it, it, the, how do I explain it? It was just, it was a totally new world to me. And it was really interesting to read this book. And he goes over how like, legitimate normal businesses use organized crime to get an edge. And so 
it, one thing in sales is I don't necessarily see a lot of that nowadays. And he mentions that like organized crime is harder nowadays because the 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 tools and the arts, the what the government and the law enforcement have are way more advanced. It's hard to do that. But it begged, like it started turning my wheels. And I started thinking like about, um, and he, he actually mentions 2008, the mortgage, this book was written in 2009, 2011. And he talks about the mortgage crisis. How it happened was, is people similar to criminals, but were not actually part of organized crime, got into the mortgage business because it was very quick money, very easy money, and there was very little regulation, and they could take advantage of that and make a quick buck for themselves. And what that happened is, is like a lot of loose business practices were piled on top of each other nationwide, and then we got in this huge bubble and the market crashed because there was a lot of bad business practices and even illegal business practices or questionable business practices being pushed and it hurt the whole economy. And I think that's, I, so I'm in solar right now and I hate to like talk about this up in the open, but I think it's worth having a conversation um, because not that like solar is a bad industry. Solar is an amazing industry and it's literally like saving the environment. But look, if I look at objectively the solar industry, it's very similar to mortgages. There's a very little regulation there's a lot of money in it, and the, you, have, you have those two things combined, a lot of money and very little regulation, um, or, or at least very little, I shouldn't say regulation, very little accountability. Um, whether that comes from government or civil organizations, it doesn't matter. There's very little accountability. You're going to get people in that industry that are going to try and take advantage of it. And so I like to pretend that solar is a bunch of hippies that were out here to save the world. But the reality is, is there are bad actors in the marketplace, especially in solar because it's low regulation and lots of money. And it's important for us to be cognizant of those people and be wary of them. And this book's like really like opened my eyes that there actually are people out there that do take advantages of those situations just for personal gain. That's it. You know, and they don't care about who they hurt or who they don't hurt. And so it's, and I, I think we have to be careful about like pointing blame at people because unless you have like strong evidence, you never know. But it's also important to one, as an employee or a worker for a company is, and that's where mo- I think most people stand, is to be very careful on being honest, being forthright, and working for a company that, that has those values, you know, and, and, standing up and I understand like you have to be careful. Like when I was and the reason I bring up the, when I was in that other position, I about said where I was at, I was, Ooh, I about slipped. Um, we had to be very careful because if we did say something negative, like lives were on the line, like people would get hurt and potentially killed. And so I'm not saying you should go out there and be like this, like warrior, even if you are like this, this like Aaron Brockovich take down like the big companies and the, the bad people. If you are more power to you, but real realistically speaking, most people aren't going to stick their head up like that. So like if you are part of one of those organizations, like try to extract yourself as easily as possible um, and go to a place that's going to be very, a little, like a lot that fits into your values and don't be afraid to wait until you find one of those organizations. Right. And so like, what are some things you, need to like, what are some warning signs? So you know how to avoid an organization that is going to cut corners or has a lot of gray area. So one, they make a lot of excuses for cutting corners, right? And so they, they try to like, there's a contract, but then there's like their interpretation of the contract, which is 
far, far from the truth, right? So for example, I know of companies that have like that sell solar and have an escalator, like the price goes up every year. And they would try to justify that to customers and actually outright lie about it. Um, and so that was like a big warning sign, you know, um, or companies that try, they, I get, like, you know, when companies start cutting corners or when they're lying about something, it doesn't feel right. Right. And I, I've met now, there are some people that are so, so black and white that like, they can't see past like anything like for like, there's just some minuscule things like this, like this one rep was like hounding me about degradation factors and how we don't like, we have to fully disclose that every time. And I'm like, dude, that's like such a minimal thing. Like that's like a home, it's like a car salesman saying, Hey, your car gets 32 miles. I'm going really specific here guys, but the, your car goes 32 miles a gallon EPA average. Right. And then they're like, well, if you're going, if you're going from zero to 60 in 5.4 seconds, instead of 7.8 seconds, then your, your miles per gallon is actually going to be 21 miles per gallon. Just like, that's like, you don't have to be that specific in a sale. Like that's what I'm talking about. Something like that. But you do have to be honest, forthright, transparent about all the main points and important things. Like we can't talk about every single thing we know about our product. That's just, it's not practical, right? So I'm not saying you have, but you do have to be like on the important parts, very clear, especially when someone asks a question, like answer it forthright, honest way, right? And so the, the, that's one sign is like companies cutting corners. Another sign is very, very strict non-competes or non-disclosures. Um, now there are certain industries like healthcare, and uh, financial industries where where the the, the non disclosures and non competes are more about protecting consumers' rights than they are com- about protecting like a company's rights. Um, but a lot of companies try to use are very territorial. And that's what mobs are like. Mobs are very territorial, and uh, companies that are extremely territorial are probably have other issues they don't want you to know about, and that's why they're extremely territorial. Um, I've noticed that with a lot of companies. So um, be careful if you if you notice a, a company's hyper competitive and very territorial, because a lot of times that hyper competitiveness and territorialness can translate into bad business practices, right? Um, third, that just like the I use the example with the mortgage industry, they're they're just very very loose with their practices. So how they spend money. Um, who they deal business with, you know, letting any customer in, like not disqualifying people, um, going after margin, or I should say, um, mar- I'll say marginal populations, people that are um, higher at risk populations, just to get a sale. You know, though that that kind of company is one that's going to use gray areas, and it's probably not one you want to work for. And I, I hate talking about this because there's so many good companies out there and I don't want to distract from the fact there are amazing people out there doing amazing things. And not that everybody's perfect, um, but there are a few bad actors, bad apples out there and those bad apples can ruin an industry for everybody else. Just like the mortgage company, like I'm sure during the mortgage um, crisis, the, the subprime mortgage crisis, there was a lot of good companies that were doing a lot of good work, but a lot of bad apples um, on a lot on small and um, like multinational corporation levels, like ruined it for everybody else. So you have to be careful and you have to stand for what's good and right, even if it's not what's best for your you financially in the short term. Because that's that's like the that's the forbidden fruit, right? If you cut corners, if you you know forge a signature here and there, if you lie a little bit to a customer, you're going to get a sale, you're going to get this paycheck, and it's going to help you in the short term but it will come back to bite you and other people in the industry. So that's my one like plea is if you're one of those people that's tempted to cut corners just to get a sale, 
um, please stop. Like, please learn better salesmanship and people will appreciate it. The industry will appreciate it. You'll grow faster. You'll stick around longer and it'll help you. And if you, if you're one of those honest people that are, that know people that are like that, again, you have to be careful in this world. Um, but at least stand up for what you believe in and, and, the good, honest people will be attracted and follow you. I, I truly believe that. And other people that are on the fence about their morality will like see that and they'll, hopefully their conscience will tug at them enough that they'll, they'll make the move towards the right thing. Um, but that's what I want to have a discussion about. I know that's a little uh, more serious of a topic. Um, it's kind of, it also kind of an interesting take because it is kind of funny to t- like compare like the mob to sales companies. Um, the the nice thing though is like in the mob if you screw up they kill you and in sales companies they just can fire you or or whatever you know or your business like business goes out your life's usually not on the line um, but anyway that read that book I'll make you an offer can't refuse um, make sure you're doing the right thing you know what the right thing is follow that follow that compass it is inside of you and it will pay off in the long run and we'll talk to you guys later.